And I tell you, the greatest wake-up is he's waking this church up. This church and the church across South Africa. We profess 70% Christian. They say about 40% of our country goes to some kind of service on a Sunday morning. But God is waking us up to the responsibility we have, like Len said, not to be consumers and just sit back and enjoy, you know, Christianity. But to be those who are front-footed enough to want to take this gospel out there. And it is by no fluke that we're dealing with exactly that in the book of Acts. And we are confronted with today's preach, what do we do when there's trouble? What do we do when what we've been called to do has resistance? And I tell you, we've, it's been interesting to see it in South Africa amongst the churches, especially protest, grumpiness, you know, Skinner, all kinds of bad attitudes in my opinion. You know what we've been called to do? Is carry on doing what we were called to do and to take these matters to God in prayer. We have a powerful response mechanism as we take things to God in prayer and as we worship Him. The heavens are moved and the situation on earth has changed. We are not desperate. Uh, Adele prophesied about that. Uh, we don't kind of find ourselves in a place where we don't have a response. We've got it. We just need to be encouraged to do exactly that. And that's what we're going to have. Thank you, Father. Awesome King. Knowing that you've received your healing. Great. Awesome. Please turn with me to um, Acts chapter 4. We're going to read verses 23 all the way through to 31. So our story continues. We know, as we heard earlier on from Glenn, Peter and John uh, pray for this guy. He gets miraculously healed. There's, it causes a great stir. 5,000 people are born again. Well, it says 5,000 men. I still haven't worked that one out. Um, but many people were born again. And it eventually gets to the Sanhedrin, the Jewish authorities. And so they are warned not to preach in that name. And they make that famous statement that we cannot but preach in that name. I love the statement. The Sanhedrin said, we recognize they'd been with Jesus. Isn't that awesome? I tell you, sometimes when you listen to us, you recognize we've been with News 24. You recognize, you know, that we've just given in to the status quo. You recognize that the devil is having a field day when it comes to fear or whatever. But they, in times like this, should recognize that we've been with Jesus. And why? Because they were doing the things he was doing, and they were saying the things that Jesus says. Later on, we see exactly the same thing in, in Paul's life. The same thing. As God commissions Paul, and he says, you are now going to be a witness of the things you're going to see and you're going to hear. More time in his presence. That's what today's about. More time in prayer. More time in worship. This has been the challenge of the day. This is revival. It's about getting back to that place of first love. And so, like was told to the Ephesians, let's get back to that place. It's not first worry and then get concerned and work it out logically and do a pro and con you know, little spreadsheet, it's first pray. 
That's it. First pray. Worship. Lift up our hands. God, you know it's not out of control. You know the beginning from the end. So when they were released, they went to their friends. Isn't that awesome? And reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, that's a whole group now, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Oh, woe is me. You know, or some kind of negative thing. No, sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people, people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in the city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. Notice he names them all, Herod, Pontius Pilate. The Gentiles were against him. The people of Israel were against him to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. You know what they just declared over there? It's all in his hands. Even though Pontius Pilate did what he did, and even though Herod did what he did, even though the Gentiles, the Roman soldiers did what they did, even though it was the antagonistic, cruel, bitter Sanhedrin Jewish authorities did what they did, God was in control. That was God's masterstroke. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and strike them down with lightning. Every single one of those Sanhedrin in the name of Jesus. Well, I would have done that. And Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak the word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. Heaven responds. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit again and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Man, take that passage of scripture into your devotional time and meditate. And then let that transform our normal attitude of handling adversity and disappointment and challenge and storms of life and let it come back to that. Where you are now is not uncommon to man, believe it or not. And God, if we will allow him, is in control of it. He is. Let's respond to him. Let's start to recognize God in the situation. Last week, two significant things happened. There was a prayer meeting we had, and the whole focus of Wednesday night's prayer meeting, Henny focused us on the name of Jesus. And you know what was cool? It was like being taken out of a COVID atmosphere into a Jesus atmosphere. And then on Thursday, we had a NCMI Connect, exactly the same. In worship and prayer, we went from a COVID atmosphere to a Jesus atmosphere. That's what we've got to do, is get back into a kingdom-minded atmosphere and start to celebrate the vision and the values of this kingdom because they need to influence us, for sure. And let's not get caught up on the peripheral issues. Notice what they did. They took the matter to God in prayer and they said, let's keep the main thing, the main thing. You know what the main thing was? Not worry. 
It was not trying to work out the number of the beast. It wasn't trying to work out the date. It's all been done before. All of that is done. The church is called at a time like this to preach the gospel in season and out of season and to be convicted that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Nothing else. It's not my opinion. It's not good thinking or you know, some kind of, it's the gospel is that he brings to life those that were dead. Kind of praying this morning, I felt, perhaps this is for some kind of online or perhaps some of the guys over here, that some are in pigsties. And you know what? The pigsty in the Bible where this young boy found, or young man found himself was his own doing. He made decisions that got him into a pigsty. And as a son of God, as a daughter of God, we are supposed to reign and rule with him. And here you are fighting pigs for food. And God says, that's not my plan for your life. So this young guy comes to his senses. Change of mind, change of heart. And he does a turnaround and he says, actually, you know what? Even the servants in my father's house are better than I've, the conditions that I have now. And he returns. He can't get the whole explanation out of his mouth. The fact that he had repented, God says, bring the best robe. Bring the ring. Bring the shoes. For us, bring the shambok. You know, bring the, the entry in the ledger showing he took his holy inheritance and prove how stupid he is. You idiot. And then whip him. But the grace of God draws us to God. The love of Christ draws us. And when we decide to do it His way, and that's what I want to suggest to you, if you're in a pigsty, God wants to deliver you right now. Change your mind, change your heart, change your direction. I encourage you to do that. At the end of this, we're going to pray. And if you've never received Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity. But I also believe we can also take a little bit of a tangent and we find ourselves in a pigsty. You know, the problem with a pigsty is wherever you look, it's dirty. And sometimes our decisions get us to this place where it's all just full of mud. Full, and there's these big pink things that are bugging us, grunting, stealing from us. The enemy at his worst. And it's not God's will for your life. It's not God's will for your life. Are you listening? It's not God's will for your life. He has sent his son to die on the cross so that we can have an inheritance. Let's go through a couple of practical points around this passage of scripture. The first thing is they return to their friends. That's been a, a, a lockdown lesson. Is belonging to a community is vitally important. We can't handle this on our own. And I want to suggest that needs to be our response as well, as we run to community, not away. The, ship, the, the wolf's job is to separate the sheep and to take them out. But God says community is about protection. It's about combined faith. It's encouragement. And I know when I'm low, the guys around me lift me up. Many times I've come into elders' meetings and like, I'm thinking, I don't know how we're going to get through this. You're like, your heart is challenged. Guys haven't been paid for a few months. It seems like all your prayers aren't working. But just seeing 
Glenn's face, and well, Henny, maybe, uh, <laughs> Barry, and all the others around, they're our friends. They are community. We need it. You see, it's out of community we have congregational meetings. It's not out of congregational meetings we try and have community. And so God in his love for us through this time is restoring us back to community. Look around you. These are the ones that we need. We need them, every single one. Second point is their response to persecution is worship and prayer. Teach me that, Lord. Please teach me that. And we've had a few opportunities. First lockdown, it was that. I remember running around on my little patio as big as this. I did 5Ks. I don't know how I did it. I was dizzy. I had my daughter's dogs chasing me around 5Ks. I had to go the other way so I could unwind and then go back. But I remember the prevalent feeling was extreme generosity on the, on the part of Cornerstone because we had hundreds of thousands of rand come in and we worshipped and prayed and counted it such a privilege to have this relationship with God. Second lockdown, not so much. A lot of whinging and complaining went on. <laughs> Third lockdown, I've seen some of our religious or Christian leaders across the country start to protest. We're giving you an ultimatum, government. Actually, we never protest. Never. All we do is say, God, give me the ability to carry on preaching your word. doesn't matter. They can lock me up. They can do whatever they want to do. But for this reason, we go to God in prayer and worship so that we can make sure that we don't stop preaching the word of God. Because when that happens, the church ceases to exist. And then they realized, Luke 18, 27, but he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. They realized that in it, they could trust God for a way through it to still do what they'd been called to do. And there was some kind of problem. We know uh, what earlier on it was uh, uh, Paul's thorn in the flesh was talked about. He asked God and he gave him grace. God will give us grace. God will give us whatever we need because he is our father and he loves us. So there's a way. So there was a way through it all. And you would think, well, how? Actually, that way through it all, and they carried on preaching, eventually got them a beating, second to none, but they never stopped. And like what was said, from that moment onwards, there continued to be persecution. So it's, yeah, consider their threats, but we're going to carry on preaching this word. They realized they could trust God for a way forward. Are you listening? Online guys, people of here, now we can trust God for a way forward. Don't use your breath to complain or protest or whatever. Don't go and light up social media with your incredible you know, wisdom of how this all could be solved. Actually, the only response we have on social media, you need to be born again. Finished. So what do we do? What do we do when we're faced with opposition? Let's look at the way they prayed. Okay, so prior to them praying, they recognize the sovereignty of God. And that is important for prayer. That worship moment is not a song that precedes a prayer. It's we positioning ourselves as those who serve under the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We admitting there is one who controls everything and his name is Jesus. And so worship is important. 
because it kind of gets rid of all this contrary thinking, the confusion. Is this an equal battle? No, because Christ is more powerful than any COVID, than any lockdown, any issue that we face and will ever face. What is the worst thing they can do to a believer? Kill us. And what does the Bible say about death? Where is your victory? Where is your victory? We need courageous believers like that. But you know, our courage and our boldness doesn't come from our strength. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's why we worship, to acknowledge who's in control, and then we take these things to God in prayer. Notice they pray for three things. That God would look upon the Sanhedrin's thoughts, I mean threats. So if this was old John, he would say to Peter, step back. Because fire and brimstone is about to hit the Sanhedrin. (laughs) Lord, blast them. (laughs) But this is new John. And so what do they do? They say, God, you deal with them. Don't go and protest, you know, kind of in front of the temple. Sanhedrin are unfair. They're trying to close us down. Freedom of speech in Israel. You know, blah, 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 blah. Just hand them over to God. Easy. That's the simplest thing we could do. Because it may surprise you what happens. You know, the scripture is quite contrary to the way we we would respond. You know, uh, respond in love. And in so doing, you're going to heap coals on the head. So that's quite an incentive. I love you, I love you, I love you. (laughs) Actually, I love you a lot because then there's a lot of coals going to come on the head. I don't think that's the thing, but let's hand them over to the Lord. That's the first thing. Hand that opposition over. Let God deal with it. And then that the church would continue to preach God's word with boldness. In other words, we're going to carry on doing what God's called us to do. Just help us carry on doing that, Father. Give me the fortitude, the strength. Give me the ability. Give me everything I'm going to need to continue to do what God's called us to do. And I want to encourage you to get back to that. That should be what we are praying. I know I'm locked down, Lord, but show me other ways in my day to day. You see, love Joburg is a tool we use to equip us to do the work of the ministry. But it's not just through love Joburg or just through a Sunday meeting. It's our every day that we are witnessing and looking for opportunities. And so, please, this is what the message says. It says, the message translation of this passage, give your servants fearless confidence in preaching your message. Fearless confidence, that's boldness. Give us that, Father, because that's what's necessary. And then they also say that healing and signs and wonders should continue. In other words, not only should there be a preaching and teaching of the gospel, like from uh, Matthew, a demonstration. Let there continue to be a demonstration. God is waking us up to that. Uh, At our uh, Thursday meeting that we had with NCMI uh, pastors, there was this thing of the power of God is is we're beginning to see the power of God like never before. There's a fresh move, and let's continue to pray for that. Lord, continue to do this demonstration. This is how God answers the prayer. The place shakes with an earthquake. Isn't that awesome? Now, I I think the idea there is to draw us to the fact that heaven heard and responded, and the earth shook. God's getting our attention. He's trying to focus us on something over there. And this is what he focuses us on. They were filled with the Holy Spirit again. Man, let's get rid of the Holy Spirit 
as some kind of argument because I'm in some kind of camp. Not at all. If I read the scripture, we can't do this without the Holy Spirit. We can't do it without His power. He's enabling. We need it. And I want to encourage us all, whatever the circumstances you go through, the Bible is teaching us here to trust Him for a fresh anointing for the season I'm going to or the reason for what I'm about to do. I'm going to go and minister. I'm going to do this. I need to do that. I need the right decision. We need His anointing. You know, the Bible in Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit because somehow we find other things to prop us up with. And in this case, he was saying wine. You know, you have a glass or two or a bottle of two of wine and you have got no more worries. Nothing. Inhibitions are gone and everything. No, no. Let's as believers not find anything else to prop us up. Our wisdom, uh, you know, or, or some other system that we subscribe to. No, the Holy Spirit gives us the anointing. He gives us the boldness. He gives us the ability. And so we go to Him and we say, help us with this, Lord. Help us with this. And then they continue to speak the Word of God with boldness. Isn't that awesome? I love that. Continue to speak the Word of God with boldness. So God's given us an 18-month trial through COVID. And I want the testimony out of all of us. We've continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. And if we weren't, we've come back to it. Because this is the primary purpose. And like we said later on, the believers would be brutally tortured in every single way, mocked, murdered for preaching the gospel. And some people in the world today are going through that exactly. Just think of what we go through. What do we face in South Africa? Way less. Offending people, not being liked, losing favor with people. But we also need to trust God for anointing to overcome that. You see, we don't preach the word because it's comfortable, profitable, or popular. No, we preach the word because we are committed, commissioned to do so. That's the commission on each and every one of us. We're commissioned to be those who take the word of God out and to help this world and to give this world a sense of hope. And so I want to encourage us with that. When you're confronted with issues, how do you respond? And I know we've seen it. There's first the criticism. I remember, I think it was the president's, the lockdown again for these four weeks. We sat there, we just criticized left, right, and center. And then we stopped. <laughs> I'd like to think I told Adele, this is rubbish, but she said, we're going down the wrong road here. We really are. And we had to repent, and we had to just say, God, just help us. Help us. We want to come to you in prayer. Uh, because it was, you know, it was so unjust. Why lock us down again? Treat us like Sweden. You know, just let us all get this COVID and get it over with. You know, and I had all the wisdom and everything flowing out of me. And then we realized, actually, you know what? Start to worship God. I've, I haven't been called to debate with the world. I haven't been called to think about herd immunity or this immunity or whatever else. I've been called to respond to my king and to worship him and to say, Father, give me the boldness to carry on doing what you've called us to do. doesn't matter what circumstances we go through. That's my commissioning from.